This is for my people who just lost somebody. Your best friend, your baby, your baby. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the lyrics of this. Uh, it's just me today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Crisis Twink. Um, I'm your host, Drew Haskins, and we're doing things a little differently today because I'm by myself. In the words of American Poet Laureate Jason Derulo, I'm riding solo for this little mini episode. Um, truly unprecedented, peek behind the curtain. It's like such a trope in what I will generously refer to as contemporary podcasting to like give people a little peek behind the curtain to see how, how the sausage is made, like how the pot is made. But functionally, what's happening is I'm not going to be in my home residence for like a week because of Thanksgiving. Ever heard of it? And I do want to do content because I'm a narcissist, but like scheduling this week, obviously with a guest is going to be so difficult. And so I'm just avoiding it, avoiding it entirely. So what you're going to get, what you're listening to right now is just a little mini episode talking specifically about one of my my big white whales of the podcast which is of course the cami cappy games um many of you dm'd me the other night on twitter and instagram and any number of channels through which i can be reached about sean mendez and camila cabello breaking up posting identical statements in weirdly different fonts like Sean went for this like beautifully serifed kind of like you know I'll I'll say euphemistically elegant um stately tasteful papyrus kind of font whereas Kami Cabby basically did like comic sans which is like so interesting of both of them I mean I'm not gonna get into like you know, what everyone always says about Sean, like, I do think it's, it's giving share. It's, it's giving whatever giving share is supposed to give or not intended to give. Like he very clearly is someone like on a journey and has a very complicated, you know, relationship to his own masculinity, which like who among us, um, it just I've never found him especially compelling or even like honestly that like hot like I do think he is like an attractive person I genuinely don't understand like why all gay people seem to like truly foam at the mouth for him it's very odd to me because he's so like overtly sexless like I don't think we're in a very like great age of like quote-unquote sexy male pop stars in general except for Lil Nas X because like Ed who else is even there like Ed Sheeran is not uh, no you know I like I'm trying to figure out how to do this in a way that's not like just denigrating to every single man but I 
No, like it's really just Lil Nas X. Like I think you can make an argument for like Bruno Mars, maybe like that Silk Sonic album that just came out was pretty good, pretty sexy. But it's also like so like Madame Tussauds wax museum idea of like a Barry White song that like what's really being inhabited, you know? <sighs> Is this funny or interesting? Maybe not. Um, but am I ever funny or interesting? Maybe not. Um, back to the matter at hand though, the Kimi Cabby games are, I guess, on a temporary hiatus because of this news. Um, as the commissioner of the games, I am, you know, not shocked or saddened by this because like this relationship allegedly really had like contract vibes right from the start. And it's been, I think, three years now, which is pretty long for contract-based relationships. Um, so I don't know, maybe it just expired. Um, I mean, the press around those two has been like pretty bad for most of the past year. So, you know, not shocked. This is like good press technically for both of them because they were, whether you like it or not, one of music's most famous couples. So this isn't like, they're gonna get like a few more months out of this. Like Shawn Mendes is gonna start dating someone. Cami Cabby, maybe not. This might be the death knell for Cami Cabby, honestly. I do need to clarify my stance on her. Just because I'm the commissioner of the Cami Cabby games does not mean that I necessarily stand Cami Cabby. I do think her music is a lot better than people give her credit for, and she does have some legitimate bops. Do I also think she is like a nightmare person with a terrible voice? Absolutely. Um, the stuff she said about Normani and like the racial chat rooms, absolutely unforgivable. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's very weird that we have let someone with as paper mache beef jerky of a vocal tone as she has get as famous as she has. Like she has two number one hits. And one of which was with Shawn Mendes, the execrable senorita, which, really only has like worthwhile merit because it is a Charlie XCX co-write and she gets so much money um, from that song. And I hope that gets to fund her creative projects. By the way, did y'all see that Charlie XCX is going on SNL in a few weeks with musical guest? Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Host Paul Rudd. I'm obsessed. I do like Paul Rudd. I know it's like, ugh, not to say this, a chuggy to hate on Paul Rudd, but like, or like Paul Rudd, whatever. He's he's fine. He's hot. It is crazy. He looks that good at 50. Like it's J Lo, Halle Berry, Gwen Stefani levels of like good work. Um, but yeah, happy for Charlie that she's getting like such a mainstream platform. Like her new era has been tremendous. And I realize that I stand and it's hard to like keep it objective but like I do think the new songs are very very good and I'm excited for Crash when it comes out in March um but yeah I mean the matter at hand is that America's arguably America's worst celebrity couple has now been torn asunder I think that's probably for the best and now I mean we do have like worthy champions now filling the void because like Shailene Woodley and Aaron Rodgers are like absolutely committed to being the worst people on earth. Um, friend of the pod, Michael Eichner, sent me a 
really crazy. I'm sorry, friend of the pod, John Boone, he's going to kill me for saying that, um, sent this really wild quote that Shailene gave the other day that I'm pulling up right now. I'm fine with saying the normal F and C words, but famous and celebrity are off limits. The normal F and C word, she is fine with you saying fuck and cunt, but not famous and celebrity. I think that is so, so interesting to put out there. Like, I I really thought she was this, like, hippy-dippy earth mama, like, clay eater weirdo. And she's really shown her whole ass over the past two weeks between, like, the Aaron Rodgers anti-vax stuff. And then, like, her weird, like, eat the poor kind of posturing since then. Like, I... Yeah, I mean, that was always kind of a house of cards. Like, I've never really understood why she's as famous as she is. But yeah, everything's getting getting revealed. And like, I, John Mulaney and Olivia Munn still exist too, but that's like a little bit more tenuous. So I don't know. One thing I will not stand for is like Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson slander on this timeline. Um... I think they're a great couple. I do think it is sort of a stunt to cover up from the Astroworld PR disaster, but I do think they're actually weirdly well-matched for each other, especially it's just like a rebound. Like this is not going to last forever or whatever. I think he would like it too, because I, and I'm just talking on my ass here. I think he has like deep attachment problems, but like, she seems fun. I like him. I like most of them. I think Kendall's really unremarkable. But who among us is not? <sighs> anyway, what else is going on? I'm going to try to like fill out a few more minutes here um, just to make this like a little bit more of a morsel than what we've been getting. Um, let's see. I guess in like reality stuff, Drag Race has been pretty bad this season on both like the Canada and the UK fronts. I think it's lame that they basically have not eliminated anyone on UK in like five weeks now. Like I'm glad that next week is the finale because this season has been like a massive step down from the last two. And like, obviously on this podcast, we stand Kitty Scott Claus and she should win um but I really worry that they're gonna give it to Crystal Versace because Rue has like such a bonheur for her I thought that video of the MMA fighter who looks like RuPaul pushing the other guy was very funny or vice versa whatever happened that really made me laugh um Canada's drag race has been a little better but it has the same like that shows always had like weird producing problems where they get rid of a lot of the more charismatic contestants in a row and like prioritize weird like snivelly drama and like there is like a symmetry to this season and last season keeping like the whiners around until mid-season at the expense of like genuinely fun talented drag queens like Alona Verley I think has a good aesthetic but like season one like she lasted way past her welcome um and this season had the same thing with like Eve 6000. Was not sorry to see her go, but like I'm really bummed that like Cynthia Kiss and Suki Doll, my two favorites of the season, left because now 
there's just nothing to hold on to. Like, I guess I like Pythia, but like everyone else is like kind of um here nor there. I mean, I don't, I don't really care for Kendall gender. I think Isis Couture is act- actively off-putting, and I really hate the name Isis Couture. Like, Isis is like you were jumping through like flaming hoops to get there and I wish you hadn't I could never do drag I'd be so bad at it so take all of what I'm saying with a grain of salt but I am like an experienced veteran of consuming reality tv and I do know what like makes good tv and I think the producing decisions about like eliminations and like the judging has been weird I think Canada's fundamental problem is that there's no one on that panel who like can, I mean, God forbid, like Phil Rue or Michelle shoes, like the rotating girl spot has not, like the new handmaid that they've gotten, um, Amanda Bruegel, I don't think is very good. Tracy Melshore is a little better. Um, and like Brooklyn, Brooklyn is an excellent drag queen like a you can't say she's not an excellent drag queen like the looks have been incredible all season like she's a great performer and she has a command of her craft what she is not is a polished host she has she doesn't have like you need like extreme charisma to be able to do a show like Drag Race and I don't think she has it. Like, I, I, I'm i sure she's really nice. Like, it just, the writing ha- is there, like, for her puns and stuff. But, like, the delivery's not. So, I, I think, like, other shows in other countries, like, Drag Race España especially, like, doesn't have a hosting problem because they're just letting the host be themselves. Like, forcing Brooklyn to do this kind of half-assed Rue impression doesn't really serve the panel well and I think it like weakens its authority almost especially when you're going to have like producer fuckery um on the other hand though I love Brad Goreski actually which is so crazy because week one I remember texting someone Brad Goreski is so low rent um I think he's absolutely delightful on this show like really loves drag you can tell gives constructive critiques like Definitely, like, he, Carson, and the hilarious Ross Matthews could all, like, I think, like, they should all, like, rotate on the U.S. one, honestly, because I'm really enjoying Brad. Um, But, yeah, overall, not super impressed with either. I'm excited for season 14 just because, like, I'm not going to say it here, but you can go on Reddit and look at, like, the cast list for um, the season. And these queens just look fantastic. So I'm very excited for that. Um, what else? Housewives continues to be very good. Salt Lake City this week was absolutely electrifying. Like, I was really worried that Andy saying it was, like, one of the five best episodes he'd ever seen would really overhype it. But honestly, every, it it gave me everything I needed. Um, Meredith Marks had a greatest of all time episode. Her and the bubble bath was just tremendous behavior. Like, I really do love her. I did last season too, but like she's really come to play in the way that you really need like a sophomore housewife to do. 
Um, Lisa Bar Legend, obviously, so funny this episode too. Her calling six lawyers at once and being like, can you believe I'm shaking, you guys? It was like, I could have watched a whole hour of just that. I hope she has 25 lawyers. Um, even Jenny, who I have not like loved so far, especially with all of that TikTok um, drama that's alleging that like her storyline this season is fake. Um, she was very funny, her eating like the Mint Milano's iconic behavior. Definitely relatable. I love Mint Milano's myself. So I identified with her and her experiences on that bus. I think Heather Gay is delusional. And I'm like not a huge Heather fan. Like I get that she's like sort of the fan favorite or whatever. And I do like her, but like I'm not, um, I think she's a little too like wishy-washy softy for me in a way that I don't really like my housewives to be. Um, and her, she was like so naive about the whole Jen situation. I'm like, babe, like you need to get a grip, assess the situation from an objective perspective and see that this woman is a criminal lunatic, allegedly. And it's time to cut bait. And it's crazy to me that she still has not cut bait. Like even to this day, she's like, Jen is my friend. Jen is my friend and I will support her. She's going down for something that I have to stand with her. And I'm like, babe, you absolutely do not. And maybe even should not because you, by all accounts, have a nice thriving um, aesthetic business. So like, don't lump yourself in with these like criminals. Like it's not good for you. (sighs) Whitney also had a good episode. I really hate Whitney usually, but she was very funny and I liked her talking about crimes. I would watch a show about that too. Um... Potomac's still really good too, but the season was kind of a dud compared to the last few, but still like a dud season of Potomac is like better than 70% of other Housewives shows. And I think the reunion that's going on right now is better than the Beverly Hills reunion for as good as that season was. The reunion was kind of, the reunion could have been like two parts. I think that every, every reunion should be like two or three parts. Like having a four-parter is not worth it. The only time where I think it could have ever been justified was that one Atlanta season with like the Phaedra candy allegations because that was basically like trial by jury. Very dark. Is Phaedra's coming back though, right? For Ultimate Girls Trip? Who am I asking this to? I'm by myself. It's actually a miracle I've been able to like talk for as long as I have just by myself. And I probably should stop now. Yes, yes, that's what I'll do. Um, okay, well, anyway, this has been so much fun. Um, the Kami Cabby games will be resuming in 2022, I'm sure, um, whether you like them or not. Um, and as always, you can find me on Instagram at Drew Haskins with Z's, on Twitter at FK Pigs with a Z. And if you're liking this podcast, please share it with friends. Like I'm really happy with how the listenership's been recently. Um, loving the episodes and they're just gonna get better and better, especially in 2022. We have some very exciting guests planned. So uh, get jazzed for that. Um, and make sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts because that helps me get more listeners and then I can devote more time and energy and money onto this and like make this a very good experience for all involved not least of which myself 
So. <sighs> Havana, una, no, I can't do that. I'm, it's too low. <sighs> okay, bye.